Welcome to the Chuck Shoe Podcast. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Uh, I appreciate the views slash listens. Uh, quick shout out to the people on the YouTube channel since we've had a couple recent episodes there. Cracked 1,200 views. That's a lot for me. And that's not even including all the listens on the audio podcast formats like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, so thank you for that. Um, anyways, my guest today is Nick Reese. He is the singer of the band Joyous Wolf. They're a modern rock band, and he doesn't like the term throwback. And I actually agree with him. I, I think they have much more of a complex sound to them than some of these other new rock bands. Uh, and Nick is just, he's so extremely talented, as is the whole band. They're definitely one to keep an eye on, and I'm definitely a fan, and I will be following them for a while. So I'm glad I was able to get Nick on the show before him and the band blow up, and then he gets too big to do my show. It was fun to talk to him. I love his direct honesty. It's, it's just quite refreshing to talk to someone like that. I think you'll enjoy it too. Check it out. Welcome, Nick Reese to the Chuck Shoot Podcast. How you doing? Hi, I'm doing good. Just, uh, you know, another day. <laughs> another day. Are you pretty uh, slowed down with the pandemic and all that stuff? You can't do shows, right? Uh, not quite. No. Um, uh, things are starting to move a little bit more in that sector i mean especially for you know groups my size you know we're not we're not selling stadiums out so i don't think uh i don't think we'll be that delayed for much longer i think i think uh you'll start seeing a lot more shows uh in the next probably the next 30 40 days you'll start seeing things start to crop up and i think by next year you'll start to see like you know not normal shows but social distancing shows i think you'll see a lot of that have you seen those like bubble suit shows where people were in the bubble not, suits? Not quite that level. I, I'm just talking about normal social distancing. That would be nice. Yeah. I think it was the, um, Oh God, I always, I'm forgetting. I'm spacing on the name, but some band did that and everyone was wearing the bubble suits. Like I think it was real. So I don't know. No, it was real. Oh, okay. I, I know exactly. It was, it was definitely real, but that wasn't, you know, that's an extreme. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, for sure. So yeah, let's talk about you and your, uh, your background is interesting. Cause I interview a lot of musicians and you know, the, a lot of them say the same influences. I haven't had too many people with the influences, the same ones that you've had. Um, you know, like I interviewed the guy from bad finger. I don't know if you know that band, it's like a seventies band and he yes. was really influenced by Elvis, but so are you. And like, it's just interesting because you're so young and, and your influences were like Elvis and Ray Charles and Johnny cash and James Brown and all these like older guys. So how did that happen? I just, my parents' record collection, I mean, you know, I kind of, I mean, to a degree, because my parents, you know, their generation was like, my dad's was, you know, late 70s, early 80s, you know, Mm -hmm. where he kind of peaked out. And my mom was around the same time. So, like, you know, there was a lot of, like, new wave, and which is a big part of my diet, like, new wave music. Like, the music between, like, 19... 77 and 1987 is like to me is probably to my opinion is like one of the greatest like top like top two greatest eras of music in my like at least in my opinion because there's just so much happening there you know definitely definitely yeah because there was like the 70s rock and then the new wave and the punk and then the hair metal and all that i love all that stuff all of the all of the synth the early synth stuff and early you know, like just a lot of cross pollinization, a lot of crazy fusion jazz, a lot of, uh, you know, 
yeah, it's, there's so much happening in that time frame that you you know you could write a million books about it. But as far as the, the older stuff, like I was just drawn to it when I was a kid. I remember I was standing outside a um, a record store when I was uh, probably three or four years old. It was in a place called uh, the Orange Circle, and they always had this RCA Victor dog sitting out at the front, little you know, little hound you know that they have yeah. on the rca Victor stuff and he they had this little dog that would sit there and i would was playing with the dog and the record player that was outside was playing a bb king record and i just remember being transfixed with it i didn't leave that area uh, even when i was a little baby i i just listened and i loved it i just loved it and i didn't know who it was and i ended up uh, on here in uh, socal we have a um, radio station called k jazz you know pretty pretty famous you know institution uh that you know member supported you know it's it's just jazz all the time and on but on the weekends they play blues hour Mm. you know and live records and stuff which is awesome and i'm always listening to that it's probably the radio station i listen to the most um, yeah you know from when i was a kid to now yeah, you just have um, such interesting influences. And then also, like, besides that older, like, the Johnny Cash and the James Brown and Otis Redding, like, you said, uh, like, uh, Prince and Michael Jackson. And actually, that has a lot to do with your stage moves, which is also interesting for a rock band to hear that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just all of this stuff, you know, like, the James Brown was what broke my entire, like, mind. When I, when I saw him, I, there was a thing they were doing um, – the Tammy show, uh, they had this documentary about something and they actually showed it on TV when I was a kid and I was watching it and James Brown comes out, you know, and he does his legendary, um, performance. And I am not kidding you. I, I just, I stopped the world stopped as I watched this guy do something I'd never seen before. You know, I'd never witnessed. I was young. I was probably seven or eight. Mm. And his, I mean, that to me, everyone always talks about like Queen at Live Aid and, you know, some of these other amazing, you know, Hendrix at Woodstock, mm. you know, and all this stuff uh, being like the greatest performances ever, sure. which they are. But to me, the greatest performance by a sing- by anyone ever is probably James Brown on The Tammy Show. He played for like all of 16 minutes and absolutely devastated the young Rolling Stones who are going to follow. You know, wow. you watch the set, you can see the fear in their movements. You can see Mick Jagger trying to compensate and it's just not working. Yeah. You know, as this guy came out and obliterated, you know, um, yeah, James James to me is 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 the the greatest performer of all time wow. by far. All around showman. He could he could sing when he needed to sing. He could growl. He could scream. He could he could do anything. You know, he's just like oh my god. Watching that, and I remember my mom said, uh, "It's like you you instantly when it was over, you stood up and you started sliding around on your socks." <laughs> and wow. It, and it, there was something about. Like I was always moved, I always moved to music. I couldn't, you know, and uh, it really just 
took it to a whole place because I was like, oh, I get it now. Mm-hmm. You know, it was almost like he revealed something. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. And then later, it wasn't until later, you're about 13, 14, that you started listening to the more modern rock, like Rage Against the Machine and Alice in Chains and some yeah. of the heavier stuff, right? Yeah. Like, like you know, I just didn't start. I kind of made my way through the decades. Like when I started getting into okay. my own music, around, when I started like looking at music myself, like 12, I like tw- around 12 is when I'm like, well, you know, we got our first com- home computer and I was like, well, what do I do with this thing? You know? And I was like looking up Elvis songs and whatever. And it was kind of like songs that like my parents played that I like. I'm like, what else did this guy do? You know, Van Morrison and the clash and just, just, and I, you know, went back to usually always went back to the old stuff. And I was like, Oh, I can listen to all the BB King songs now, or I can go on YouTube and look at performances. It's so cool. You know, that is a luxury you guys have. Our, our generation didn't have, like we, there's albums that I would see and I was like, I wonder what that sounds like. You couldn't just go on the computer and look it up. Yeah. It's kind of cool though. Yeah. It wasn't around this time too, that, uh, the six, the first day of sixth grade orientation, this is an important day in the history of the band. You bet you met your yeah. drummer, Robert. I'm just yeah, trying to not get beat up in middle school. You're meeting uh, musicians that your guys are going to form this worldwide band for. Like, oh, I don't, don't you worry, dude. I got beat up plenty. Um, <laughs> Did you really? The reason why this nose is so crooked, it's not just because of stage stuff. Um, oh, yeah, no, plenty. I got my ass kicked a lot in middle school and high school. You and I um, could have been friends if we were in middle school, I think. We're both rockers and, yeah, outcasts. I, I, I believe it. I mean, I was, I was, I've always been a, I've always been a weird cat, you know. I never really, never really fit the mold. Sure. Very much. So, how did life. you? What did you? How did you meet Robert? Like, how did you guys click? Was it were you wearing band shirts, or how did you guys get along? No. Well, see, the thing is, man, like this is long. Like, I was, I was a listener. I wasn't a musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I listened to a lot of music because my family just listens to a ridiculous amount of music. To this day, music is so important to my household that I grew up in. Um, uh, so it was just kind of this thing where, uh, I want to say it. He and I were just two weird guys, <laughs> weird okay. kids. And it was literally by the, the, the chance of that. Our last names are right next to each other. Oh, I didn't think and about that. It, it, was, it was in our homeroom class, and he was sitting behind me, and he and I are both just awkward. And I turn and I look at him, and we look at each other, and we're like, and then we instantly <laughs> turn away, don't say anything to each other, uh, because it's like you know, it's the first time like all the local, you know, all the elementary schools in our area would become a giant population at the middle school and the high school sure, you know sure yeah so it was like oh it's a chance to make new friends to start a new you know and uh he was just the first friend i made yeah um and he and i ended up sitting next to each other in orientation and i told him like some really stupid stuff about whatever the hell i was thinking about as an 11 year old and <laughs> sure uh, and i don't know i guess I, th- I guess he was like this guy's all right you know okay and, we were, you know, been friends ever since. So, yeah. So that's how you met the drummer. And then you guys would actually end up going to different high schools. And then yeah. just by chance, you ended up meeting uh, your guitarist, Blake Allard, uh, at a guitar yeah. center. And you started jamming on uh, CCR's Born on the Bayou. And you said yeah. that you had like kind of an instant dynamic. 
yeah it was it was we were just i met him and, and he was trying to tune this guitar he was killing time uh and he had this crazy hair and um I don't know. Uh, I just decided to like, I had brought my tuner from home, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm glad, I'm glad that I did. Cause I threw it to him and he was able to tune up and I asked him if he wanted to jam and we jammed a little bit. I sang a little bit and he liked the way that I sang according to him. And, um, I don't know, like we didn't see each other again for six months. You know, he okay. asked me, he asked me if I needed a good, like if I was on a band, I said, yeah, he's like, do you need a guitar player? And I was like, uh, you know, I mean, I might do something else sometime, but I mean, I'll call you, okay. you know, and then and that band I was in ended up breaking up a couple months later. And was that the punk rock band? What was the punk rock band? You're, that was your first band that you were in, right? It was like a punk Rocky. Well, no, like the first bands I was in were like the screamy, like, I don't like you mom bands or like okay. when I was like 16. So this is okay. like when I'm, this is when I'm like 19, All I'm right. like nine right. years old, about to be turned 20 when I met Blake, um, I was like in so many different things. I was in alternative bands. I was in like cold play esque bands. Like I was just anything that, anything that people were doing, I, I was involved in. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so then you reach back out to, uh, to Robert and then he had found the bass player, Greg. And so then the four of you guys came together, right? Well, no, there was another guy who was there before oh. Greg for a couple of months. And then that guy ended up wanting to go pursue something else. And okay. we were like, you know, hey, we're, we're all cool with that. We were all friends, you know, and and uh, but by around that time is when I like because Rob had like this other thing he was doing with two of his friends. Mm. And then uh, I went and hung out with him one day and this other guy was there, you know, and he was six foot five and had his base up this high up to his neck. And uh, I heard him play, and I was shocked by how, like, I'm like, oh my god, like this is like an actual bass player, you know? Like I'd never met one before. <laughs> Why are you saying most people just they don't they just play a couple notes? This guy's is he like slapping it like flea and stuff, or what? Is just he kept the rhythm? He did everything. He could do <laughs> okay. anything. Okay. Wow. He could do anything. They they uh. When he when he came to play with us for the first time, you know Blake, I remember was like on the fence. You know Blake's a Blake was definitely by far the most proficient musician of the of us back then. You know, and um, not not anything against me and Rob or whatever. We just he he just he just he was just different about it than we mm-hmm. were. You know, he, mm-hmm. it was very much he had a very much critical thing going into it. Like okay, let's see if this guy's really this good. You know, and they played coffee shop by uh red hot chili peppers and they but they played it like three times as fast wow that's hard to do and yeah no he he can play that shit like like it's nothing and a good thing about him is that that i always thought was great about him is that he doesn't want to do that he doesn't want to be flashy he does what he feels in the moment and that discipline was really great for us as a group because he could lay the foundation he knew how to play to a song you know mm-hmm. and yeah there's an early period where we were all way too busy and whatever i think every band goes through that part but but yeah like he, he laid the foundation and without him you know i don't think we would have been a very good band 
Yeah. So days before your first gig, you guys are gathered in a restaurant and you realize, oh, we, we probably need a name. And so this is a funny yeah. story. You guys actually used an online band generator for help. Yeah. And some of the names like Global Death and Intense Resentment, you didn't like that. You were like crying, laughing. It was so terrible. But then Joyous Wolf came up and that's, and you guys all liked it. I mean, pretty much. There was like, there was like, it's been so long now. I think, I think we don't even remember yeah. exactly what the name was. I think if my memory serves right, it was like Silver Wolf oh, and, okay. like, and then like Joyous something. Oh, so you just put the two together. Yeah. It was like Silver Wolves, Joyous something, Joyous Wolves. And we're like, we don't like the wolves. We don't want people to think that like it's about the animals or anything. We're like, this is a good name. Joyous Wolf sounds like a name. Cool. Yeah. No, we'll, it's we'll, great. We'll change, we'll change it later. And then we never did. That's awesome. No, I love it. And then this is interesting too. So um, to explain this like pay to play that bands do. And you guys swore off. You said you would not do this because um, there's this thing that like, I know the Black Moods, they toured with Whitesnake and they had to pay to get on the Whitesnake tour. And you guys said, we're not going to do that. We don't care how long it takes. We don't care if we, we'd rather do shows for free than to do the pay to play, uh, pay to play. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we were we were very much anti that. We we had all had experience with that. Blake and I more than the other two, but like especially myself, like I I had been doing that since I was 15 years old. And wow. You know, pay to play is just pay to play to me is like is one of the worst things that's happened to music because what sucks about it, it I mean, is that before in the past when you wanted to play somewhere you had to go like show them your stuff and try out sure and that's why the music scene was doing well because you had to be all right you know you, you couldn't you, you didn't have to be the greatest thing ever but you had to be you had to be okay and the thing with pay to play is it means that anyone can play as long mm-hmm. as they fork up the cash right and that's what killed the, the live music scenes there was so much garbage that any any good nugget was just being suffocated by the onslaught of garbage and that's nothing against like because i wasn't in the garbage bands i'm not saying i was this great amazing musician i definitely was not when i was younger but i'm saying but that was that's a problem with pay to play pay to play around here is rampant you know and down in soak in uh, orange county where we're from there was nowhere to play really at the time if you were not 21 you know you could go play in a bar i guess and there were some places that would let you throw it go in there and do like a, a set in the afternoon you know to mm. no one for free or whatever but yeah we, when, we, when we got together we're like we're not fucking doing this like this is stupid like let's let's do something let's do something better let's let's strive for better you know that's when we started moving into hollywood and that became our home and you know all the way up and just played that a hundred million times until <laughs> yeah you said you out. you played the viper room a lot and this is interesting you said you played the half empty or like totally empty shows but um, the interesting point was that you said um, you played with a lot of bad bands and that makes it hard because the venue will clear out by its time, by the time you guys play. And it's also hard to play with good bands because they're so good that they overshadow you. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like copy between we, a rock we, and a hard place. We had the mentality of, and we took it, we took it really seriously. You know, we were like, okay, when we go out there, it doesn't matter who's going to play after us. You know, that was our, that was our thinking. And that's our thinking now. You know, yeah. we opened for fucking Deep Purple. None of the Deep Purple people had the Deep Purple people. None of the Deep Purple fans wanted to see us. They didn't right. care about us. Right. 
and it was you know it was just like the old days you know it's like how it is always we're like in this really like when we play on festivals it's like oh i'm here to see stone temple pilots play on this stage and we're playing the stage like you know earlier in the day before them it's like it doesn't matter who the fuck's playing the stage it doesn't matter who's playing this festival like we need to like we're going to be a highlight that's you know and, and that's kind of how our show turned into what it is into this sort of high octane you know explosion that it's been for like you know and it like that's where that came from we're just like okay you know and we played we played in la so much again you play the whiskey as many times as you can until you can play the vibe room and you play the vibe room as many times as you can until you get that golden opportunity to play the roxy and then you play the roxy enough you get a paid show at the roxy and that was kind of like our that's how we came up you know that's how we we got our chops and you know became a decent band and by the time you know we got our agent and played the Wimmer festivals for the first time in 2017 when we actually got out into the world a little bit you know we were coming off just club gigs so we had never experienced anything else different yeah and so was after was the aftershock festival was that kind of your first big break no we played uh sonic boom festival first okay then we played louder than life the next day then we played uh rock allegiance that was going on that year and then we played aftershock festival so we went on a, we went on a crazy run and we had a couple little shows in between and whatever but you know we just had to buy a van we bought a van we shoved all of our shit into it you know we i slept in the the crawl the leg space in the the front uh you know, the, in the passenger seat, I slept in the, where your, your legs, you put your legs, you know, because mm-hmm. we had no fucking room in there. You know, one guy was sleeping in the driver's seat, the other two, you know, on the one on the floor in the back and the other on the, the only bench that was available, you know, we'd alternate. Someone would get that bench, you know, all of our stuff crammed in there, you know, and, you know, a cooler full of peanut butter and <laughs> water. And wow. We went for it, you know, and, yeah. and the next thing we knew we were, you know, we were talking to Roadrunner, and by uh, you know January of that next year, we were signed. And you guys, there was a little bit of competition for you guys, right? You got to, but you wanted Roadrunner. That was your first choice. There was a couple of choices. Uh, Roadrunner was just the only place that didn't want to change us. That didn't. That you know, I remember like, a very important thing at the time was was that uh, the guy Dave Rath who signed us, he was the first guy from one of these label dudes to come up to me and say, I really loved this about your band. You know, mm. there were a lot of guys who, you know, they'd come up and they'd compliment me and they'd say, oh, we'd like the way that you perform and this and that. Mm. And we like how you sing. But it was, he was the first guy to talk about the other guys. And that to me was the clear sign. I'm like, this is the place to go because it, it's not about me. It's a band. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you you're- know, uh, I think was this the first song that you guys released was the cover Mississippi Queen or did you? It was the official, yeah, the first official like label release was Mississippi Queen with our song Slow Hand as the as the B side. Yeah, and so you said that you you're kind of like I don't know. It's like I hear you talking about this like you're kind of annoyed that you you say you don't want to do any more covers. Well, yeah, because that's like the most schlocky bullshit, like <laughs> fuck yourself kind of shit, you know. Like, I mean, if all you're doing is covers and you think, "Oh, cool, I'm like a real rock band now," if you're, you know, and that, and I'm in that boat. It's like I'm in this boat that I'm currently talking shit about, where it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like uh, where you know we didn't want to do it. We were pretty much told we had to do it, huh? 
by the record and, company or yeah pretty much mm-hmm. i mean it's not like it was like a direct order like do this or die but it was like one of those things to where you want your record out don't you <laughs> okay fair enough i mean and, it is a are you happy with the way it turned out though i mean it's a good version of the song I mean, I don't think that the song is bad. I don't think our cover, I think our cover is probably, in my opinion, the most truthful cover of the song. You know, you look yeah. at all these other covers of it and it's people down tuning it. And and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying we when we first made it, I remember they wanted me to like add some harmonies and do some stuff. Like I'm not pissing on the Mona Lisa. <laughs> that's like, a good I'm not analogy. Doing, like, yeah. No, like, the song was great. It's still great. If you want to, you know, like that was like, that was like my, if we were going to do that, we were going to do it the best we could. Yeah. And that, and, and we did, and yeah. people do like it. And I'm happy that it brings people to us, but you know, it doesn't make me any happier when that's the only song people know. And oh. it doesn't make me any happier when, when, uh, when, you know, that's enough for people. It's like, you know, like, and it's not enough for us. Most definitely not. And that's why it's taking us so long to make, more new music is because we're not we're just we're in a in a period of of discovery and the next thing that we put out like it needs to be the best it needs to be the best new rock music that we could possibly create you know and you know like you know i was very happy with the last single that we released so i was happy with odyssey a lot you know and it's just kind of that thing. It's that never-ending war of, of I don't feel any accomplishment from that cover. I don't feel any positive emotions for that cover hmm. because even performing it live was always a slog because it's not us. It's it's it just it, we don't have a lot of we don't have any joy when we play it. You know. Okay. What about the song "Mother Rebel"? I really like that song. That that's a it's an interesting. It's got a, a, like a pre Civil War America. You're talking about the North and the South, or I know you explain yeah. it, but you probably explain it better than I can. Yeah, "Mother Rebel" is a really cool track. I mean, that track's you know, <laughs> it's funny because we that was a song that the guys and I originally wanted to uh, have that be the first single from the record and. You know, not everybody was cool with that. And of course, you know, then suddenly it just ended up, you know, our, the big station here in SoCal, KLOS picked the song up, you know, bless them. And after that, other stations around the country started picking the song up and then it ended up on Octane. And it's like, wow. And the cool thing about that is that's one of our older songs. Hmm. Like that's, a, that's probably the oldest song we have left in our arsenal that we still play. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. So I love the slide guitar on that. Whose idea was that? Blake's idea to do the slide guitar, or is that the producer? Any, any guitar stuff, anything is is his idea. He just does what he wants. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, no one, no one helps us do any of the creative. We do that ourselves. No, that's really cool. Talk about some of the other themes uh, for the album. Place and time. Is it an album? Would you call it an EP? It's an EP. Okay. It's a, you know, it's right on the cusp. Of, you know, technically I, yeah. it is, but. You know, it's an EP. We call it an EP. Okay. Yeah. Cause I got yelled at one of the, somebody, I forget who I had on. They had like nine, eight or nine songs and they said, that's an album. I was like, okay, sorry. Like, so yeah, here's a seven. I was like, it's, a, it's on the cusp, but yeah. I'm so th- I'm not that, I'm not that passionate about <laughs> That's uh, good. Obviously I'm passionate about, you know, uh, making a career off covers. That's something I'm passionate about. Um, about not doing it. It sounds like. 
Yeah, not do it. Don't do that. So you would never do another cover? You did say that you might do uh, Black Sabbath, Fairies fairies Wear Boots. That'd be kind of cool. That was a long time ago. I mean, we'd play it. Yeah, okay. I mean, you're talking about playing it live? Yeah, we never want to record it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think doing them live is totally cool. That's totally different than um then then recording yeah, it i'm not saying we don't we don't like it's not like we don't like to jam other people's songs like okay. the other day we were jamming, we were doing um set it off by uh audio slave we were Ooh. playing that for fun you know and it's one of those things like but the thing is is like we just don't want to make a career off doing covers there's so much of that crap now right, and it's no. like you know again this thing that i read forever ago was this you know i can't even remember now it's years ago and it's stuck with me and I, and I will hold it in my heart forever is this this guy saying that rock music is creatively bankrupt. And to me, for the most part, other than a couple of exceptions, it's that's extremely true. You know, we're we're tired of uh of the old same old shit, you know? And so we're trying our best to infuse as much of, of our personalities and ourselves into our music to hopefully bring something to it. You know, that's 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 the challenge. You know, you can write as many good songs as you want, songs that are catchy and this and that and the other thing. But if you're not bringing something to it, whether it be a story or a personality or 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 a feeling, then then what the fuck is the point? Mm-hmm. You know, right. Like I, you know, people talk, oh, Nick, how do you feel about modern rock? And it's like there are exceptions. But for the most part, I'm extremely unhappy about it. You know, like. Rival Sons is are, are phenomenal. Like yeah. they, their last record was the best rock record released, in my opinion, in twenty years. And it lost at the Grammys, which you know was a crime, in my opinion, to a guy who's not even a rock artist. So it's like, uh, you know, and alternative radio, you know, they're still playing Nirvana, and nothing wrong with Nirvana. I'm just saying, like playing you all the newest alternative and then nirvana comes on and it's like oh that song's 30 fucking years old yeah make me feel old but you're right yeah it's a i mean i'm not saying they're not great songs it's like one of the best bands ever but i'm saying like when it says new alternative and then that song comes on like or weezer or something it's like no i agree that's why i reached out to to interview you because i love the new rock but you mentioned rival sons i like the black moods um i know you're not a big fan of greta van fleet they're they're pretty popular See, that's that's not that's not entirely true. Uh, pe- when people see people take shit and they and they do shit with it, I when I all I all I've ever said about that is like, is it's not something that I put on. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's not, and to be honest with you, most new rock I don't put on really? because I, I my app my musical appetite is, is just a little different you know i'm I, 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 I don't listen to a lot of rock music really i mean i do but but it's not the majority of my diet you is know? there any so, new rock bands that you're listening to besides rival sons there are a lot of great ones i mean like dirty honey oh yeah good. they're great and and again rival to me rival sons deserves the crown if anyone's going to give credit to why new rock even has a place it's because of those guys they did all the heavy lifting for you know, the younger cats like us and greta and fucking uh, dirty honey and and uh, you know south of eden and stuff you know um i like that song by south of eden that new band south of eden uh, yeah i went about those guys for a bit 
and uh, they, they used got to have song. a different name because they they had a song that was like it was a black black, black, black coffee. coffee. Yeah. yeah, I loved that song. They only had the one song, and now they have more, and they changed their name. But yeah, I remember. Yeah, the song "The Talk" is like as to me, I think is 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 a, is a solid tune. I dig it a lot. Um, but you really hate the term throwback, right? You hate that some good. of these bands yeah. are being labeled as a throwback because it just takes away it, it just takes away any momentum any momentum uh from younger rock groups like you know because i mean in the past again it's like i, I always say this like um <laughs> when soundgarden came out no or or literally any any rock that follows any generation they weren't saying this is a throwback of the sixties or a throwback of the seventies or the eighties or whatever. And if you really strip it away, I'm like, you know, you could argue that, uh, early Soundgarden sounds like if Robert Plant sang for black Sabbath, you could, you could argue that you could say that it's stupid to say it, but you could <laughs> say it. And that's kind of, it's kind of the thing that I'm saying. It's like, uh, that's, I mean, it takes away, it takes away from, from the artistic efforts of, of people trying to put new ideas into rock and roll, because, you know, whenever they market a, a rock band, Oh, put on your leather jacket, show off your tattoos, smoke some cigarettes. You're a bad boy from 1966. Like, okay, hold on. You know, like me and my guys are completely just dis- disenchanted with rock and roll, like whiskey drinker, you know, uh, we, we all party all night and, and, and you know, lock up your daughters. <laughs> like, you know, like you know, you got to dress a certain way, and you got to do all this and that and the other thing. It's like, you know, and it's like, well, Nick, you have long hair, isn't that like a thing? And I'll be like, I've had long hair since 1999, and the reason why is because Tarzan came out, and I was five, and I was like, <laughs> hey, you know, and I've it's just it's a you know, so that's what that's what I'm saying though. It's like you don't have to do any of that stuff like i mean like the way that i dress on stage for example like i i literally just don't care like i i i will i i like to dress colorfully and 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 i, and I like to do things a little different but you know and, and it's funny how it'll rub people the wrong way it's amazing how funny that is to me how i've lost how people have been like i'm can, can i regret taking buying a record because you dress like a like uh insert horrible thing here huh. you know some of these backwards ass people you know <laughs> that's interesting yeah because you do a lot of crazy stage moves and i think i think that's cool like that makes it more interesting did you find that you kind of had to do that at the beginning to kind of get people's attention yeah, yeah most definitely that was exactly why i mean i started doing like the backflips and the splits and stuff because i was thinking of, like i'm going to these festivals for the first time i only get this chance once right you know so i'm gonna make sure that whatever i do people are watching that was kind of the whole thing my guys are like are the again i'm biased as hell are the best my guys are the best players but throw anybody at them that's awesome they can can handle it i love your loyalty you said you're also a a fan of sia you said you really like her soul the way she like expresses i mean that's unusual influence for a rock singer too sorry who did you say sia right didn't you say that you really liked her yeah Sia. i love Sia. yes i do um I love voices that express emotion. Yeah. You know, I love emotional voices. I love soul. And there's a lot of, not a lot of soul in, 
you know, people are like, oh, why don't you like, you know, the indie rock stuff or this or that? I'm like, because there's a lot, most of the time there's, it's so processed and, and produced to the point where any life or personality that's in it is just ripped away. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally. gone. It's, yeah. it's shaved off, you know, and like, when we recorded our latest, like even on when we were recording the EP, we had a lot of struggles with the production of the EP because it wasn't done the way that we wanted to do it. When we recorded Odyssey, that was the first time we recorded a song where we did it to tape and we did it live. And you can feel it. There's so much more feeling in that song than in the stuff we did on the EP. We tried our very hardest to give it feel. And I think we accomplished that to a degree. But, I, but I'm saying like everything that we record going forward especially our next single that's going to come out. Mm. Um, it, yeah, there'll be another one. There'll be more music in the future. I promise. What uh, is the next single? I, I mm, can't tell me. Yeah. Can't, mm, mm. <laughs> can't really talk about it yet. Have you done a lot? Um, have you done a lot of writing and, and, and uh, recording since, I mean, you guys can't tour, obviously a lot of writing. Oh, yeah. Right. A lot okay. of writing and a lot of like, Hey, we got something. Hey, we got something. Hey, we got something. Okay. Now we all hate it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> who does you know, most of the do you guys all write or who does you write all the lyrics we and write we write we write together write together you know, okay the, i i do the lyrics and the vocal stuff is me and sometimes i have little guitar things here and there but most okay. of the time it, it you know we, we're all in a room together and you know we just we actually were just in joshua tree for a week writing oh. um all just locked ourselves into this ranch house with like pigs and stuff on the property and whatever just to kind of get out of our comfort zone a little bit and do you guys uh do you guys take a bunch of like psychedelics and shit while you try to help to inspire you or <laughs> no okay i don't know i'm not in a rock but i mean no, some people no, no, i no, talk to guys who we're like boring we're you're boring, boring. Okay. okay i don't know it's so boring we're I like talk... playing video games most of the time <laughs> we're playing super smash brothers and... really that's funny and uh playing yeah you know, like I mean, yeah, we're we're not really we're not really into drugs much. Uh, <laughs> we drink though. Okay. <laughs> there's there's there was some alcohol for okay. sure, but uh, but not like during like work. You know, work. Never. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we don't. We're not really about that. We like to be clear minded and. Oh, that's. But good. yeah, we're really critical of what we're doing. So by the time when when you do see, hey, here comes a new record, I think. You, I think it'll be safe to say that it'll be good, at least good. Yeah. <laughs> because we're ju we've just been tirelessly unhappy with just with most, you know, not, I'm not saying that there's not good things about it. It's just like, we're just trying, we're, we're just our biggest critic. And we're like, okay, is this what we've done? etc you know and that and that's a big deal you know yeah no definitely and you said that uh this is kind of cool you said that uh, Sorry, bands bands should be releasing new music right now because it's kind of hard times and when you look back on hard times you remember the songs that's a really good point like when someone dies or you break up you remember those songs so people should be releasing songs right now because they're going to look back on this hard time all the stuff going on and they're going to remember the songs so do you write songs about these hard times like related to the the protests and the I pandemic feel. just write what you, you know yeah um if i want to write a song about if i want to 
if I want to write a song about the Odyssey, I'm going to do it. <laughs> if I want to write a song about my friends being hurt and, and or, you know, or, or, or I mean, I've written, so we write songs about everything. I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really good at that. I don't, I'm not really good at describing that. I just, whatever, whatever the music is, whatever the, whatever the guys play, it's my job to, to translate that into words. I think that's how I think about it. And, and I, it's almost like I see pictures, hmm. you know, when, when they play, I, I close my eyes and I can, and it's like a little movie and I write whatever the movie is, you know, that's cool. Yeah. You're doing a good job. So you guys have, you do have a show planned for this summer rock fest. Is that still on? I mean, there's a lot of stuff planned for next year. That's a yeah. go. I mean, all the European festivals right now we're booked on, uh, that, that one rock fest, uh, uh, upheaval festival, um, other stuff, you know, there's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's being booked because, you know, no one really knows, uh, how those are going to look, um, mm-hmm. around that time. I mean, that's a long ways off, you know, but it's like what, six, seven months from now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, do you- so all that stuff is booked and we're all just kind of, <laughs> yeah crossing your finger would you ever tour with a uh, rival sons i mean since you you said you're a fan of them they, oh they my pr- god oh my god it would it would be it would be uh, an honor yeah and you could what about uh are you a fan of muse right matt bellamy oh my goodness yeah it's one of my favorite bands ever yeah, they're really they're you talk about modern rock i mean they're still put, put pumping out new stuff that's amazing in my opinion they 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 are uh, the just again what happens when rage against the machine and queen have a baby <laughs> oh, that's a good analogy i like that um and then you toured with fozzy um right yeah, yeah. so what's your what's your take on did you see this like spat with uh, chris jericho and sebastian bach where sebastian bach was saying chris jericho lip syncs i mean you're on the tour so what can you can you comment on that or i haven't Chris is a consummate performer. He's one of my favorite people I've ever worked with. I've ever met the guy can sing. And I mean, I don't know, like I'm not that petty, so I can't even like put it into to thoughts. I yeah. mean, I don't know if I mean, I, there's been plenty of people who say I can't sing for beans, you know, that and, you can't um, sing. I'm saying it's happened. You know, yeah. people say that I'm people don't like my voice, and that's really? fine. And yeah, wow, you know, um, and that's fine, you know. Um, so it's like uh, to me that argument is a very, to me that whole a whole situation like that. No, I'm a better singer. No, I am. <laughs> it is kind of funny. You know, what's interesting is like when I first um, I, I I listened to your music, obviously, and then I saw your picture, and. And then what I heard your speaking voice though, the first time when I heard you do an interview, I was like, wait, his voice is so deep. How do you sing so high? Can you sing deep too? Can you sing low? Yes, I can. I can sing very deep. Um, Cause that's like, yeah, that's a very hard talent to do. Well, like, yes, I can. Look at all around. Look at all the things that you do. How could anyone say you're you know? a bad singer? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I, I've always had a deep voice. Yeah, and it's kind of like you ever, you ever heard Brian Johnson from ACDC talk? Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, that's that's a good. He talks like this. And that's like, true. What's going on there? Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's like, and like Axl it Rose, Axl, but Axl Rose, like he'll sing low sometimes in some of the songs, and it's like really cool. And knock, knock, knock it on Adam's <laughs> jaw. <laughs> very cool, very cool. So you said in the next few years, there's going to be a lot of these up and coming rock bands. Who else haven't we mentioned? Haven't you mentioned yeah, that, that I should keep an already, eye out for? Man. There's new ones every day. I can't even keep up anymore. I mean, South of Eden, you know, yeah. got, uh, they're with Lava now. And, and uh, Ihab is, is a, I'll call him a bro, a serious brother. I, I love him. He's a really nice guy. And he and I uh, had a, kind of had a, more than a couple chats. Uh, Cody and, and uh, Justin, uh, oh, sorry, Cody, Cody and Kevin from uh, Crownlands, uh, good buddies that I met last year at, at uh at Impact Festival, their Crownlands are awesome. Crownlands, okay. I haven't heard of them. I'll have to check that out. See, this is why I got to talk to you. You'll love them. Okay, you'll love them. Of Limbo, of course, my fellow, my best friends and best brothers down here. Completely underrated group, dude. Okay. We need to get them out there in the world more. Of Limbo, check out their stuff, dude. Their first record, Nicotine, and now their uh, new single, Nothing But Now. And I've heard their new record, and I've heard their new stuff that's going to come out, and it's going to blow everybody away. It is, you know, that's just another great. There's so much good music, man. Wait, um, what was that one you just again, said? Besides Crownland, of, of Limbo, of Limbo, of Limbo. Okay, um, from Long Beach, California. Okay, um, very cool. Yeah, and uh, the, these uh, three, um, another group got you know a band called The Warning. There's actually a band that's playing on KLOS right now. They're called Violet Saturn, and they're pretty great. I okay. like them. Um, uh, other new, I mean, again, there's bands all over the country. A band called Odd Fellows from uh, Pampa, Texas. Uh, they just moved to Austin. You know, they're getting up there. They got a great song called Cold, mm. called Odd Fellows. Uh, the Revel from Jersey, my freaking Jersey boys. I love those guys. My God. Um, I'm actually probably going to see them relatively soon, I think. So it'll be cool. Uh, great band. Listen to their stuff, dude. Their record they put out, or EP they put out, as good as anything. Wow. Um, I got some you know, homework. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good, you know, a lot of good stuff, you know, people that I've met and stuff and whatever. Um, I'm probably missing somebody and I'll probably kick myself for that later. Um, yeah, you know, like uh, there's a lot of good new music, you know, a lot of good new rock music. I mean, again, you know, Dirty Honey and of course, you know, bigger bands like, you know, like the Struts and Greta, you know, like, I mean, when I, when I was young, you know, when I was a little younger, like there's no stopping my competitive nature. I'll always be competitive, but I, I mean, Love for it. me, at, at this point in time, the, and, and this can be your your headline for this. So okay. For people to read, is, <laughs> is I support anyone playing rock music now. Anyone who picks up a guitar, whether it's Post Malone covering Nirvana. I mean, that's lower on the totem pole, but, you know, or. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. Anyone, anyone, anyone who picks up because it's because people don't understand the pressure that that you come in with that with because you were literally i don't think there's a genre with more pressure in it you know because you're expected to to be the next generation of like some of the greatest groups of all time i mean you know the last great rock generation for me you know to my opinion was you know the grunge stuff you know sure the alternative stuff you know people like you know people who changed the game forever like beck and 
you know, and of course Nirvana and, and stuff like that, you know, Absolutely. laid a template out for all sorts of completely different things. And so that to me is a lot, you know, and then everything after that is kind of a watered down version of that until now. And, you know, I'm starting, I see it very much. So, you know, all I want is for rock music to thrive and I, you know, and I me want too. for more bands to, to grow. And, and, and I want, I want that more than I, what I want for myself. Like if wow. nothing happens to joyous forever, if if it means that I can in the time or whatever menial, whatever I have to help promote and, and push and to show that it's not dead, I will take that 150% to heart. You know, I, I don't, I don't care if it, if it's, if it's at any benefit to myself because, because I just love rock music and yeah. I just want to see more of it. That's I want to awesome. see more new. I want to see people, I want to see people do different things with it. You know, I want to see, evolution and i and, I'm, and I, I believe that in in this next decade there's going to be a lot of that yeah. absolutely yeah well it's very charitable of you and speaking of charity i always end with a charity and you mentioned uh saint jude's children's hospital you wanted to give them a shout out have you worked with them before or you just uh just like the work they do or? i i just I, I just support them i mean okay. man, you know there's a lot of trouble a lot of trouble in the world and you absolutely. know whatever trouble you're having i guarantee you there's a kid in in a at saint jude's who's got it a million times worse so whenever i think of a good point whenever i think i'm having a bad day you know i i think about those poor poor kids who don't get to live normal lives and you know who are suffering yeah greatly and and there's nothing worse to me than that you know absolutely um, so yeah if if you have a dime donate to saint jude's go to Perfect. their website there's a donation link you can you can find it and um, we should just attach one here. I think you could probably do that for me, couldn't you? Yeah, I'll, I'll attach. I always attach the links on the uh, the podcast notes on YouTube and uh, wherever else you're listening to this. So very cool. Thank you so much, yeah, Nick. Good. This was a lot of fun. I'm I'm excited to see what else you guys have in store. Hopefully, you'll come and do a show in Arizona. I haven't seen you live yet, so I'm, I'd be excited to see you guys live. I know you're gonna you're supposed to do a tour with Black yeah. Moods, but it didn't happen, right? I don't know. That yeah, we were supposed to. I mean. Uh, obviously <laughs> for many reasons. Yeah. A lot of things happen. haven't happened. So hopefully you'll come and do a show in Arizona. I, I drive sometimes to, for concerts too. So yeah, if there's something nearby, I'll, I'll make the drive and come see you guys. No, you'll be most welcome, man. All right. As soon as we can get back out there, we will be. And I'll look forward to new music uh, being released recording, right? Too. Yes. Okay. All right. Thanks so much, Nick. I appreciate it. I'll see you later, man. Thanks okay. Bye-bye. Nick Reese, Joyous Wolf. Listen to them on YouTube, Spotify, or download their music. Follow them on social media for updates. Follow my stuff too, so you don't miss any of these other great episodes. Uh, and check out some of the other epi episodes and interviews that I've done, like the Black Moods or Radio Fix, other great rock bands. I got a whole bunch of other episodes. I'm hoping to have uh, some more of the newer rock bands on, although I love the older stuff too. Uh, thanks again for listening to my little show. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen or subscribe on YouTube. That way you won't miss any future episodes. Have a great rest of your day. And remember, shoot for the moon.